All right, what a fade in, I'm sure. Depends on what music, what music you happen to be using. Hey, everybody, I'm Colin. Uh, recording with me tonight is, as usual, Joshua Michael. What do you think? I think lots of things. I've had a, a positive attitude lately. Oh, man. That, that, makes, that makes some of us. <laughs> I was actually doing pretty well uh, until, I, until I psyched myself out today. But uh, more on that never. So, um, yeah, we're going well, to... This, this is Picard episode three. What, uh, wait, I, I got to see what the name of the episode is. Oh, the end is the beginning. Yep. Mm, I don't remember seeing the episode titles. Like, we watched this last week. We're recording yep. it now, and this is a while. Like because we decided to do a movie, a movie, uh, yeah, uh, we, commentary track. What yeah, was that? I I, uh, I I put the kibosh on us recording Picard episode three. <laughs> the uh, kibosh last, <laughs> last Thursday, and I was just like, dude, we've we've got enough in the can. We've put like four podcasts out this week. Let's do something for us. And we did a simulcast on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles New Line Cinema original movie from 1990, and that was a absolute oh, damn blast. What a baller show. It was a baller There's game. nothing to dislike about that, seriously. And then, like, going back and looking at Elias Kateas as Casey Jones, <laughs> what a treat. What a freaking treat. It, it, it was. It was. I remember being as, as, a, as a kid when I was watching it. He's like, he doesn't sound tough. Because remember in the in no, the, in the really cartoon, doesn't. he was like, I'm Casey Jones, and you're scum punk. Like he talked like that all the time. Look at him in the original comics. It's fascinating because he he makes me think of like if J O Barr did the Punisher. Yeah. But Incredible. We got to be careful. We can't talk about turtles anymore. <laughs> it's like okay, yeah, yeah. This is not about turtles. Go now, back and watch our. Go back and listen to our commentary track on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You can watch it while you're watching the movie. Mm-hmm. But if you haven't seen the movie, watch the movie first, and then listen to our com- commentary track over the movie for yep. a second viewing. Uh, I can't remember. Was that a rated G one? I don't think it was. It was a solid uh, PG. But guys, yeah. if you haven't seen it, we, we don't hold it against you. Your fellow MF or minefielder, enjoy. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, uh, it's awesome. So, so that's how we do it on this too. If this is the first time you're tuning in, I don't know why it would be the first time you're tuning in at this point. If you're listening to commentary tracks on Picard, the new CBS All Access uh, original TV series, I guess it's TV. Um, then uh, you know how we do it. We watch an episode, we develop some notes, we think about the past, we think about where it might be going, we think about what's happening, we talk about it all, and uh, then, uh, you know, this isn't what you watch, this isn't what you play over the first time you watch it. You need to watch it once. So, if you're, or you can just listen to this whenever you're driving to work. It'll, it'll take only as long as the episode takes to watch, so that's kind of rad. Uh, yeah. Um, what did you, like before? Before we get into this, you asked me a second ago about Discovery because I just finished watching Discovery season two. Right, because I haven't watched any of it, and then you like scared me saying it was like so woke. It's it's pretty woke. The first season was outrageously woke, and then they kind of toned it down a little bit in season two. But at the same time, it was still the Michael Burnham show, and. Yeah. If I said, it, like, you not knowing anything about it, you know zero about it, right? Nothing. Okay. Michael Burnham. What do you think of a character named Michael Burnham? 
Uh, I think that it's a stage name, and he's maybe a five foot one dude that's bald that wears a baseball cap a lot and uh, thinks he knows more about Star Trek than everyone else in the world. <laughs> Michael Burnham is the protagonist of the series, and she is a black female human. Uh, hey, and um, that, that wasn't fair. Now, if you'd asked me, the second thing I would have thought was that. That hot mom from the uh, from the Waltons. Her real name was Michael. Okay, there you go. This this qualifies as the second time. Well, what you just said it qualifies as the third time I've ever heard of a human woman named Michael. Which isn't to say that it's not out there. I know one Michael, and uh, it's just ultra uncommon. So I think at some point or another, I was listening to like. Angry Gamer Nerd or something like that. One of the guys who's really pissy about woke culture on YouTube. Uh, and that might not be the right guy. I'm just throwing that one out there as a possibility because I can't remember all the stuff I listen to on YouTube. And I say listen to because I'm usually listening to it while I'm cooking dinner. I'm not sitting there watching it. Uh, not all of it. But um, <clears throat> getting really irritated about woke culture and complaining about stuff and basically I mean some of it is totally within merit uh, but uh, yeah it's just that's not even the complaint I have about Discovery my complaint about Discovery is again a Star Trek series deciding to do something that's so its own thing that Sometimes it doesn't even feel like it's Star Trek anymore because it certainly doesn't always feel like Starfleet. And if you took Starfleet and the term Klingon and the terms warp speed and in the second season, the Enterprise and Captain Pike and number one and Spock out of the show, you wouldn't even necessarily know that this was Star Trek. You'd be saying, oh, that's kind of like Star Trek. It's it's really annoying. Okay. Because it's, yeah, the first season is extraordinarily woke. It's, I mean, there's nothing to complain about to a certain degree. It's just that it really, it really forces the issue. And then in the second season, I think they heard the complaints and they stepped back from that a little bit because it's like, okay, you're watching The Next Generation. You're watching... Uh, the original series. Well, the flagship of the Federation, and this is me reading too much into it, ought to be extraordinarily diverse because it should have representatives, the best representative of each member planet in the Federation that is in Starfleet. Which doesn't mean that just because you're the only Vulcan in Starfleet you necessarily get, you know, a position. It's just saying that, like... This is the cross-section of the Federation. It's the flagship. However, conversely, you want the best of what Starfleet has on the flagship so that it can handle and tackle absolutely anything. So that might not necessarily include every conceivable alien in the Federation. Um, Because, what, there's 190-member worlds... A bunch more are going to be this. Several more are going to be that. Like I say, statistically, where are you going to go? The single greatest moment in Discovery Season 2 was when Captain Pike, who is the preceding captain of the Enterprise to Captain Kirk, 
He basically gets uppity in one of the last three or four episodes, and there's an admiral on Discovery, and he says, and they they're like, "Look, we know that you're pissed that you had to sit out the Klingon War," and that was a year ago. <clears throat> that was in the first season, and they say, "You know, we know you're upset about that. The reason being that the Enterprise." is the best that we have. And we didn't know if we were going to win that war. And if we lost the war, we needed the best of us to still exist. Okay. And I was like, that is, that's an incredible moment in Star Trek right there, because that sets a precedent for all future enterprises. That was a good moment. Uh, the, the, the first season mainly focuses around this, uh, personality disorder character Michael Burnham who grew up uh, as Spock's sister um, a human on Vulcan because her parents got killed and so we never really hear anything about Spock we just know that she is Sarek's human um, uh, adopted daughter Okay. We've never heard of her before. Spock has never mentioned her before. Never. Like, automatically, Trek fans are going to go, what the hell is this? And so, Sarek is constantly in the series. And so, in the second season, Amanda Grayson, his human wife, is in the series. And she was awesome in that. Um, arguably, they were kind of the most fascinating part of the second season. But, like I say, the first season gets this character pretty much accidentally starting a war with the Klingon Empire. At a moment where they were extraordinarily fractioned, uh, fra- faction, factionalized. Okay. So this war happens. Discovery is a starship that is capable of mycelial network travel. So it basically space folds uh, around instead of doing warp speed. And uh, then there's a huge mirror universe plot going on. And there's this whole thing going on where Michael Burnham's former captain uh, is somebody she was massively like. Not, I'm not saying enamored of, but like she was her mentor, you know. Uh, and uh, then there's, like I say, this whole cross cultural thing going on. Um, the Klingons don't even look like Klingons. They don't look like any Klingons or seem like any Klingons we've ever really encountered. But by the end of the season, it starts to make sense. And then at the beginning of the second season, we get into this business where Discovery doesn't have to jump around everywhere and it's fungus drive. And there are seven signals in the galaxy that... Captain Pike from the Enterprise shows up and says, we need to investigate it, and I need a ship that can get us there, and that's Discovery. So he assumes command, portrayed masterfully by Anson Mount, who was in other stuff. I've never seen him in anything. I've heard of other things, and I can't even quote what it was that he was in. But apparently he was awesome in those shows, and he was incredible as Captain Pike. Rebecca Romaine shows up as number one. So if you go back to the original series and watch the uh, original series episode, uh, The Menagerie, um, parts one and two, you'll figure out who these characters are. And if you watch J.J. Abrams' 2009 Star Trek and in Star Trek Into Darkness, you see Bruce Greenwood playing Captain Pike also awesomely. Uh, the reason for these seven signals around the galaxy is the appearance of a being called the Red Angel. 
And I immediately thought to myself, okay, the Red Angel, because clearly season two has a lot to do with Spock, is going to be Spock, or it's going to end up being Michael Burnham, because the whole show revolves around her, and the annoying character Tilly, and the annoying character Saru. Like, most of the characters on this show don't have any basis for being in the show, because they don't explore any of their back histories at all. They're just doing stuff, and then we never learn anything about them. They are C-list characters. But then Michael Burnham, Saru, Captain Lorca, Captain Pike, they're the A-listers. Oh, not to mention, um, oh my gosh, I can't suddenly think of his name. The guy in engineering uh, who's dating the guy that's the doctor on the ship, who's played awesomely by Wilson Cruz of my so-called life fame. And God bless America to see Wilson Cruz performing in an in a in a in a primetime show. Wait, was thank he, you, God. Was, was he the gay dude from He my was so-called the gay life? dude on My So Called Life. He was the kid uh, he was he was Ricky, who was having trouble f- determining his identity, or well, at least the, just coming out with it. The, the white kid, or the uh, or the uh, the brown kid, not the brown like, kid that was not the white kid that was Brian. Yeah, because uh, that, guy, that guy was struggling, but the other one was was pretty much fairly certain from what I remember that show. I oh really, yeah, totally. I, I rewatched I, it in two thousand nine, and I rewatched it again. I think in twenty. Fifteen or something like that. Love my so-called life. Um, I don't think that Brian was struggling, and now we're off topic. But I don't think Brian yeah. was struggling because he was actually he I actually just, had a huge crush on uh, Claire Danes. Yeah, I just uh, remember the commercials, and we're not doing going down that rabbit hole. But anyway, yeah, we should we should we should rewatch that show sometime and yeah, then go on no, about that. That kids, no. young young minefielders, if you don't know what we're talking about. My So-Called Life is a show you should watch, especially if you're in high school, especially if you're, like, in your first couple of years of college. You'll, you'll, you'll figure some things out about yourself that you well, can cope with better. It's amazing. Anyway, Wilson Cruz is the doctor, and he is in a relationship with, God, what is his name? Stamets, Paul Stamets, who is the, uh, not the actor, that's the character's name. He's the guy that invented this crazy fungus drive. So they go around the galaxy trying to encounter this character called the Red Angel. More often than not, they're trying to, Michael Burnham's trying to rationalize her strained relationship with Spock. And uh, Spock eventually shows up and he was awesome. He played, the guy, Ethan Peck, played Spock, young Spock, very, very well. Spock from, yeah, gotcha. Spock, who was not very Spock in uh, on Captain Kirk's Enterprise. The problem I have with it is that eventually figure out who the Red Angel is, and it's ultim- it's unbelievably predictable who it turns out to be after it isn't who we thought it was initially, because then they're like, oh, you thought it was going to be that? Well, it's not. Oh, now it is again. And I was like, dude, that's such a pain in the ass. Uh, I'm not going to say Discovery isn't worth watching. There's things about it that you're going to like. It's just way too ultra-contemporary Trek for me. Um, but we all, all of us, want to see a... Uh, something uh, a lot more fun. It's something a little bit we more just want to see. We want to see Anson Mount and Rebecca Romaine on the Enterprise. Seriously. Give us one solid season of Enterprise before Captain Kirk takes over. And God help us, please, let... Chris, uh, Chris uh, Pine show up 
in that last episode when Captain Kirk takes over. That would just be hilarious. Anyway, so we're on Picard, a much better Star Trek show that hasn't even been very Star Trek so far. Uh, And that's me saying that I've seen probably 90... I'm going to say I've probably seen every episode of Star Trek, but I'm really going to say... Uh, there might be a Voyager episode I haven't seen or an original series episode that I've forgotten, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, you got it. Yeah, so we're going we're gonna to get into it. Um, Any of your notes you wanted to talk about before we start the show? I'm going to yeah, I'm gonna go into it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I have some issues with the props on the show so far. Not... And that's because I'm a props master. Um, and I'm noticing this. In the previous... Well, this is episode three. We're doing in the previous episode. Uh, I don't remember everybody's names yet. The obvious Romulan villain <laughs> lieutenant yeah. who's running like, around in disguise, like the like the shitty like uh, dude that's supposed to date the chick that he's. Like, oh, not that guy at all. No, I'm talking Nick? about the. I'm talking about the the uh, Romulan Nick. guy that's trying to date the uh, the the the, uh, the sister uh-huh. Soji. Yeah. yeah, he's he's like the he's like in uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. He's like the well, not how is he? No, I, I'm talking about the like the shithead high school guy that's supposed to woo the nerd, even though he doesn't oh, really yeah. love her. <laughs> that's what I. That's the vibes I got from that guy right off the bat. Oh yeah, I get that. Very nineties. Uh, no, the his sister, if she's really his sister. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, we can get her that. rank is jacked <laughs> up like through an entire scene. It really just was like it takes me completely out of the show to see a prop faux pas like that. Um, the rank is clearly attached to the uniform, not like obviously when we're watching Star Trek, we're all like, how is it attached? Well, li- literally, the actual rank prop is attached by way of magnets. In this instance, used to be in pins that they pushed through the fabric and then the, the pips snapped onto those pin backs. Yeah. Uh, in the second episode, her magnets were polarized funky, so like some of them were sticking to one another in a bad way. Oh. And she was in a really tight shot, so the rank was present at the bottom of the screen. It was like, that's freaking ridiculous, guys. How can you miss that? There's a script supervisor, the actor, the director, the props people... The first AD, everybody should be making sure everything looks pristine. So in this episode, when Commodore O comes out and her rank is like, it was presented one way in the first episode we saw her, in the second episode, and in this episode it's like tilted over 45 degrees or something. It's just like, how are you guys missing this stuff? Do you think I'll that- tell you this. Do you think that I, might have been a aesthetic choice where she was like it was askew on purpose, along with the uh, the fact that she was wearing sunglasses to try to uh, uh, hassle uh, this chicken, yeah. telling her everything like like she's you know got off a bus all nervous, like don't tell anyone we talked. Man, I don't. That's that's definitely reading a lot into it. I don't. Know. <laughs> I'm trying. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you. I think that what it comes down to is this. I had a conversation with a buddy of mine who is a camera person locally. He just worked on a project in my state that Marina Sirtis was working on. Marina Sirtis, who plays Counselor Troy in The Next Generation. Yes. And uh, familiar with her name. He could, well, not everybody on our show might be, but I'm sorry. Uh, he he said, "Oh yeah." At one point, I had to ask her about working on Picard, and she kind of indicated that. 
it's a little rushed. So I wouldn't be surprised if these little things keep coming up. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, we need to get into it. What do you need me to do? We need to. We're gonna we're gonna just dial it in, and then we're gonna we're gonna cut a second, right? Yeah, I gotta switch off okay. my hotspot because it's. Uh, so we're gonna go into engage. We're gonna go into it. And yeah. y- y'all aren't gonna notice, but uh, yeah, you won't notice. Yeah. So what we'll we notice. do? We're watching this obviously on CBS All Access. We got it queued up. We're gonna hit play. Well, we're gonna tell you one, two, three, and then engage. On engage, you hit play, and yep. that, that way we're all synced. But. You're not going to know because I have to restart this damn Wi-Fi. <laughs> it's very different when it's on this website than when we do our other shows on Netflix and stuff. Yeah. So, all right, here we we're going to do it. We'll do we'll we'll press play on where triple zeros or whatever where they're for the beginning of our time code, and uh, we'll go to we'll, we'll 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 press play on engage. So, ready? Three, two, one, engage. All access originals, all black. There's a previously. Yeah, here we are. We got our. <laughs> cool. We got our logos. Woo! Yep. There we go. <clears throat> it's gonna get dodgy after a while, <clears throat> if if we've got to have a huge catch up for every episode. I agree. But so get it out of your system right now. Who the Asian chick is? <laughs> oh, Tamlin Tamita. Okay, yeah. Okay, so Tamlin Tamita there, Commodore O, who you saw, who you're seeing in this recap. Oh my gosh, totally blends into this. I had no idea who I was looking at. Uh, she portrayed Kumiko in Karate Kid 2, Daniel's paramour in that movie, Ralph Macchio's would be girlfriend. Yep. Uh, I I'm just so thrilled to see her working, which isn't to say that she hasn't been. It's just, you know, she's not in everything. I, I do. It's so weird that Patrick Stewart said hang up when talking to uh, Raffi here. He said don't hang up. Exactly, but, like, nobody says hang up in any other Star Trek unless <laughs> oh, yeah. they're actually on a phone. On a phone. Oh. Yeah. Oh, more... I love I love this. Each episode, I hope, always has some sort of remembrance of the uh, synthoids going batshit. That would be pretty rad, completely. However, a lot of this is repeated footage. So, but I remember watching this the other day and going, "Yeah, but to what end does this do anything for this episode?" Like, that's not part of the business of retelling anything because it's after the title card, essentially. It's not the title card, but... Okay, so one complaint I heard today uh, while I was uh, getting ready this morning was people complaining about, oh, here's another type of Starfleet uniform. (laughs) And I was like, well, yeah. They changed Starfleet uniforms... Well, a lot, you know, and it just depends on the wardrobe and all kinds of stuff. It depends on the wardrobe department or who the director is or why not? Whatever. It's an expected thing. Let's have some fun. Just because you got to buy yeah, a for new real. cosplay costume doesn't mean you have to bitch about it. Just don't buy it. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. I love it because whenever you go to a Star Trek convention, everybody's trying to be an admiral. And I'm like, no, I just want to be a commander. I want to be a first officer. All right. Push the crew around. Get things done. 
etc. You know, I don't need to be, I don't need to be the super hot, heavy-handed guy. You know, I want to look like the gruff, effed-up guy that got like fired from Starfleet and still hasn't taken his like his his uh, uniform off, drinking too much. Oh. <laughs> oh no! I told that. You mean the captain in this show? <laughs> yeah. That's our supposition. Okay, here's another massive complaint that I've got, and I'm sorry about this, everybody. Okay, Captain Picard here, Admiral Picard. What rank is he? At best, he should be uh, a rear admiral. Someone. Oh, Look I at that! He's got four. He's got an admiral's bar of four. That means he is. What a! Uh, I mean, it's like he's a full admiral. You don't go from captain to full admiral. I don't care who you are. Yes, we're gonna get a litany like the entire CV of Captain Picard, his career from the hologram later in this episode. Yeah, but even Admiral Kirk in Star Trek: The Motion Picture, Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, and Almost the entirety of the voyage home was merely a rear admiral after all of his exploits. So, at best, Captain Picard should be a rear admiral. It's just that's how it should work. When you asked who he was uh, a minute ago... Sorry? When you asked me was when you asked who he was a minute ago, I was thinking uh, the first thing that popped in my head was a broken man. Because uh-huh. this is like the the importance of this scene is something I have never seen of Picard ever is um, he's he's accepted failure yeah he's, yeah he's he's accepted losing and he is done he's he's in defeat and the look on her face and, and honestly I can't blame her for where she where she ends uh, when we first meet her in the last episode. Uh, completely messed up, drunk, smoking some weird plant. Um, because if Captain Picard was my mentor, where I had, where I was so close to him, I had a nickname for him, and all of a sudden, the man that I knew, well, I mean, like, if, if, like, if my dad all of a sudden became a fuck up, my dad's the the best dude in the world. But if all uh-huh. of a sudden he he decided he he was defeated, it would break me. And that's what the that's what the importance of this scene is here is showing why she would end up where she ended up, where he needs to come from. Like, because we've seen like you know, you get the hints that you know something bad happened. You know, yeah, okay, a lot of the Romulans are dead, and what he wanted didn't happen. But but this scene in particular is important to show where she, the the division where their paths are going. He's he's gonna retreat and and go into solitude oh, like yeah. Obi Wan Kenobi, mm-hmm. and she's gonna and she's gonna take off and just drink her her sorrows away because she just lost everything. Because right, she's sit it right now. Now we gotta go get my ass fired. Yeah, it's kind of rough, especially seeing as how the you know like in the first episode, the doctor that we both liked from the Stargazer was saying, you know, you could, or I can't remember exactly if that was the case, you know, hey, what if you talk to Riker? What if you talk to Jordy? And he's like, of course, they would just come rushing right off. That would be, you know, but he doesn't want to endanger them. Their no. careers are extraordinary. They've always been extraordinary, and they still have interesting futures. I wonder about Rafi. 
Is she what? She's got to be savvy for him to care. Right. She's got to have done something interesting for him to give a rip about her. You know, he he took on Ensign Rowe. She was his his protege for a while. And that was an enormous thing. It's a big deal for a guy of his stature, but like she hitched his she she hitched her wagon to him for him to give up. It makes sense that she'd be pissed. But I also like Every you don't you don't get fired over that. She'd be like, okay, hey, he didn't want to play ball. I'll play ball. Let's let's figure out what to do. She's a lieutenant commander. Who wants to retire as a lieutenant commander? Nobody. It's not a bad rank at all. But you got places to go. You got that far. You got to go further. You got to test it. You've got to. If you watch uh, one of the, I can't remember exactly which episode of Deep Space Nine it is, but Commander or Lieutenant. I think Lieutenant or Commander, I can't recall, Eddington, Michael Eddington, comes into the Deep Space Nine crew, and he's talking to Captain Sisko, and he's like, I really admire you guys, and I want to stay here permanently. And he says, nobody joins Starfleet to stay in a gold uniform. Nobody, you you know, they don't even want to be a Lieutenant Commander. It's all about the captaincy. It's all about having the ship. Yeah. And it was like, oh, wow, what what an important thing to say. And it was like... Nobody would say that on TNG, but it was a very DS9 thing. Well, on TNG, it was implied. Yeah, exactly. And you haven't but, even seen, but, like, I think the episode where Commander Troy ranks up is really important. You're going to need to check. When Counselor Troy, you, let me know when you get to there, because we got a big discussion to have. All right, so she's growing her own weed. And she's <laughs> Essentially. Got, she's got her space vape. And living uh, in a space RV in a van down, actually van down at the Vasquez river. Rocks too. That's my favorite part of it. Vasquez Rocks that has portrayed dozens of worlds, including Vulcan, and here she is actually living at Vasquez Rocks in California, right out in LA. Yeah, but she'll drink his wine quickly too. <laughs> I love scenes like this because it's important as a human being to understand the scenes like this. Um, <clears throat> God, this is why this is why we do this because I come at the uh, emotional level here is because uh, to have a adult conversation with someone where you're you're legitimately trying to uh, apologize. He isn't even explaining himself because he knows that's lost. He knows he's got to let her get it out. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, I love you, that. Good you, point. Yes. You you gotta let him get it out when you fucked up, and you also have to look him in the eyes as much as you can. It's still gonna hurt. You gotta eat some serious crow, but when it comes down to it, if it's still if they still matter and they still love you, they're gonna come to their senses, and he yeah. is entirely. Uh, and, and not in a prideful way. Of, oh, of course she's going to say yes to me. That not in a prideful way. So when it does happen, like I, I really hope people understand. I don't feel that the captain was like, "Yeah, bitch, you called me back. Knew you would." No, it wasn't like that. It was like, it, like he, he they build up to it. Like you're doing the research, right? Okay, cool. Here's more. Um, and I really hope people understand scenes like this because people inter- need to do this more often and say you're sorry, mean it. Look the people you love in their eyes and say that you're sorry. Look, 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 right there. See? And 
I'm just like a little bit behind you, I think, because it froze a bit, but everything she lost, her security clearance. Yeah. Everything. Her, 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 her honor, her, she, she's living in solitude because she feels she can't look anyone in the eye because she's lost everything. Like she's been disgraced and she lost her mentor, but now this is where it's going to go and I'm beating a dead horse. So I'm done. <laughs> no, I totally love your, your, your thoughts on that. Here we are in the Borg ship, which is definitely a lot of CG. I thought they actually built this. Jeez. Some of it, yeah. <laughs> One small, like, probably her, probably a hallway, uh, her uh, little dorm. Oh, Hugh. Oh, oh right. Hugh. Now, anybody who's watched this knows who that is. Anybody oh, yeah. who's watched TNG knows who that is. Hugh. The Borg who separated from the Collective from a crashed scout ship. Look at how awesome he looks. He has grown up. He was credited as Borg Boy on his uh, wardrobe tag on his Borg costume that I saw. Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, they. He. I'm not... I'm spoiling something, but he's going to come back in season seven. Pause it and, for like thirty. Uh, pause it for like thirty seconds because mine froze and it just now decided I wanted to start. Sorry, sorry, MFers. My uh, Wi-Fi ain't being too fun with me today. Yeah, um, okay, let me know so when you get to twelve twenty-six. That's where I am. Twelve twenty-six. All right. So I love the technology. I love the 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 glass. I really hope one day we get to that. Yeah, he looks amazing. He aged definitely very well. I mean, he definitely had a lot of makeup on, but I'm glad that we're actually seeing him. Remember we talked about this before uh, we uh-huh. started watching the series, was hoping that we get to see him. I still hope we get to see Wesley um, in 3, 2, 1, 12, 16. 26? <clears throat> oh, 26? Okay, then I'm at 21, 22. Yeah, 12, 26. 26. So I'm at 33 now. 20. 20. Okay, 28, 29, 30, and it froze. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sorry, this is embarrassing. That's okay. I got a nice freeze frame on, on her. Usually when you, you, know, when you uh, have to pause something, you always get some really unfortunate expression off of a person. But for whatever reason, this yeah. one froze on... Uh, on Dodge, and she is really something to look at. Just a beautiful actress. Where are you, where are you at? Where am I? I'm at twelve thirty-three. Yeah. yeah, she is absolutely gorgeous. I'm just gonna let it buffer for a second. You know who he reminds me of? Uh, and I just figured it out in this particular scene. It, like, I'm not sure if there's a if there's a sort of dread in me because we still haven't seen that their actual experiments have actually worked. To cure them from Borg. Oh, yeah, we have no idea what they're doing. He reminds me of Boy from Little Monsters. Like, just because he's got that, he's he's obviously probably in his 40s, but I'm going to say he's probably like 46, and he's got, he's still got that boy haircut. All right, so on uh, 3, 2, 1, we're going to hit engage. I'm going to do this time, okay? Go. 3, 2, 1, engage. 
Yeah, wait, you're saying he's got like a young guy haircut? Yeah, that's kind of true. That's kind of awesome. He's got, he looks just so boyish still. Well, he's never got to integrate into regular society, probably. Uh, you know, he's there are so many humanoids that look like humans in the universe, it would appear. it's There's no telling if he's even human. I just mean the actor. I mean, like, they got lucky. There's a there's a sense of dread here. We don't know what, whether to trust him or not yet. We don't know if he's a mad scientist. Like, uh, like, uh, like uh, a perfect example is uh, B.D. Wong's character from Jurassic Park. When you see him as... Oh, uh, man, yeah. Where, where, where he goes from the very first movie to, the, like, being the evil mad scientist and all the new contemporary ones. I don't know uh-huh. yet. I have a I have a sense of dread because I I'm a I'm a sucker for mad scientists and I smell one man. I fucking smell it. <laughs> I don't know. Here in a minute when we get into this other scene, he shows so much compassion and humanity and he sh- he's basically like shooting down the Romulans as being a pain in the butt to have around because of their security concerns rather than her, you know. I do. Pause it again because it froze. I'm going to pull up on my phone so it doesn't do it again. Mm. Sorry, sorry, MFers. Sorry, everybody. We're frozen at 13.56 right now. Yeah, give me pull it so, up. So, yeah. We're back at Vasquez Rocks. And Patrick Stewart, or Captain Admiral. It's so complicated. I'm so We're never going to get past the fact that he was Captain Picard for so long. But at the same time, we, you know, I can pull Admiral Kirk out of my hat at a moment's notice. So anyway, I mean, here he is, and I guess he accepted the idea of a demotion, if we recall. If you remember his sequence with the commander-in-chief of Starfleet, it was kind of funny because in that moment he was like, yeah, I'll take a demotion to captain. And he had this little smirk on his face like, why wouldn't you stick me back in that position? I really liked that that they shot him down so hard because it... It would have been too much like Star Trek Four, like uh, the Voyage Home. You know, oh, we're going to take your admiralty away from you and make you a captain again. Like that's a punishment. That's giving Kirk exactly what he needed to be to fulfill what Spock Back said. What he wanted his best destiny. Which, if I could plug a book, and I think I have before, the Star Trek novel Best Destiny, fantastic. That one is about. Uh, young Kirk, like becoming, he, he's he's running around like he's 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 a he's a kid. His father, George Kirk, is running around with Captain Robert April on the Enterprise, and uh, they get into some antics with some pirates out in space. Anyway, it's just obviously it's out in space. It's Star Trek. The point being, like, it's just interesting to see the dynamic between Kirk and his father. And it's great to have a book that has Captain April in it for once. And then uh, it's also it was also audio book if you get it uh, by uh, James Doohan, who played Scotty. Um, where are you at? Best Destiny you at? being the whole thing. You what? Where are you at? Sorry. Where am I at? Uh, I'm at thirteen fifty six. All right, I have got it on my phone, and. Guys, hopefully it'll work this time on three, two, one, engage. <laughs> <sighs> I love so, this woman. Yeah. 
I don't know how I feel about her yet. I'm going to need to see her do something more than change her mind and be some kind of, like, computer research whiz kid to know what she's <laughs> got going on. Computer research whiz kid. <laughs> like, I don't know what her qualifications are. I, I feel like we've spent... This is... The, my main complaint has been that everything that happened in this series so far needs to have happened in the first... 40 minutes of a pilot movie that's two hours long. And it's taken until this episode to get them out into space. I just feel like that's disappointing, and I feel like uh, it's, it's, not, it's not getting this crew together quickly enough. Like, for that matter, Vasquez rocks. I mean... Why didn't she retire to or disappear to some completely other planet and live in the BS desert of that planet, you know? Like, we could have had him get out to space at the end of episode two to find her here and go through this whole business, except that he has more business on Earth because we got to pick up Allison Pill. I, I think it's because they wanted to show how down and out she was. I mean, like, anyone else would have done that, but if she was that, uh, uh, what's the word, destitute... Uh, and this uh-huh. was her only option. Like, yeah, the fact that you're not on another planet tells me that yeah, you're you're down and out. Yeah, here, I guess that look. could be it. I mean, if you can't, it just seems like there are so many seedy places in the universe, and that's I, I go back to that concept that I've brought up before. The Federation is Rome. When you watch the movie Gladiator, and Maximus is talking to. Uh, Talking to Caesar, he says, Rome is the light. I've been out there. I've fought these people. They live in darkness. They live in fear. They live in a lawless injustice, essentially, I'm paraphrasing. You know? I think, I think that's a great analogy because of yeah, what happened. The Federation is the light. Uh, well, no, I'm just talking about, well, that's, yeah, you're right. But even then, uh, when it comes down to it, what, what caused Rome's fall was the fact it got too big. And it it didn't know where what the left arm was doing with the, with the right arm, and you know their yeah, armies yeah, were totally. spread out, and now we've got uh, enemies infiltrating our highest ranks, and uh, yeah, th- th- there's too much trust that he has in this woman. He knows something we, we don't know. Uh, Give, maybe so. I giving someone that yeah, unrequited I, access with with barely knowing her, he knows something. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, something I wanted to bring up again. You haven't seen um, uh, the episode with the exocomps, have you? No. Does not ring a bell. Okay, good. If I um, without Without revealing too much, without spoiling it for you, I'm really hoping that all of these drones flying around in every scene are exocomps. However, if artificial intelligence and androids are something that really freak people out, I don't know how exocomps would be allowed. The the other but thing it begs the question. Out, huh? Sorry, sorry. It begs the question. What? It begs the question. I mean, are these drones tied to that kind of AI that those you know the the low grade androids that we saw on uh, on Mars? 
Now this is fascinating. This is actually, I think, one of the most intelligent sequences in this in the series. It, it so is so far. This business of this woman playing Romulan triangular solitaire or triominoes or no, whatever. Uh, no, and I, like it, it was. Or it's was, tarot cards, isn't it? it? Yeah, it's tarot cards. And okay, so here we go. Here, yeah, you're studying, right? This is what I was talking about earlier. But back to that scene uh, is yeah. is my I've told it before is that uh, tarot cards work because they're pictorial representations of of the mind, and they trigger uh-huh. they trigger memories, they trigger sensations just from their pictorial representations and the names alone, and how you. Assemble them now. It, like each tarot card deck has a different way to assemble them and read them. This one obviously had the same pattern. Now, what begs the question uh, in in uh, parallel to what you're saying here is that why are only the Romulans the one that are all messed up and jacked up from being assimilated? How come all the other people that they've saved aren't all like in many insane asylums and and with like armed security guards? But yeah, well, let's move on here. Well. I think those guys were the Romulans who had been assimilated on that cube. I believe that is yeah, detailed in this episode, but I don't remember the the. They I don't were, remember every little aspect of it. They were all from the one one party, but even then, how come at least one of them wasn't strong enough to be broken? I mean, we don't know that quite yet, but that's a, that's a lot. Um, that's something to yeah. ponder. And we've got a new character here, and I'm loving him already. Drinking whiskey, smoking cigars. That bottle. As a props guy, that is a uh, Pendleton, a bottle. That is a, I don't know if, you know, it's clearly it's going to be like watered down iced tea to make the liquor. But that bottle is a Pendleton whiskey bottle. Do you think he's posh? Quite good here? stuff, in case you wonder. Sorry? All right, so we've got Picard, not like, we're getting hints of what he really wants. Nope, not sitting in the captain's chair. We're going to sit. <laughs> that was for us. Yeah, that was for us. Um <laughs> The other thing is, is that do you think this guy's posturing to sh- trying to show Picard how much of a badass he is, but like not going the uh, the quick fix? <laughs> no, I don't think he is. I, I think he's legitimately this guy. Uh, I, I and we find out here in a little bit that he was once a Starfleet officer. It makes a lot of sense. I mean. I'm constantly wondering, you know, you've got this extra element in space that you really, really see in Deep Space Nine because it's a port of call. So I wonder how those guys operate on the fringes of society. You don't get to operate in the Federation running spice. You don't get to run in the <laughs> yeah. Federation pushing weapons and stuff. But then, like, the Maquis comes into being, and that's a thing. Uh, <coughs> this character in particular, what does he do? What do you do with your own Star, Star Wars-esque, you know, starship? In a in a universe where the well, Federation yeah. has Starfleet running around doing all kinds of awesome stuff, like like they're gonna, like they're gonna, like they're gonna let them just like hang out in orbit and in, around Earth. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Uh, another thing is bringing up Star Wars when we when we first meet Rafi. You mentioned like yeah, it could have been in some seedy bar, but that's what they always do. Yeah, you find her in some seedy city weird. Place. I did not say that. I meant no, some no. crap ass planet. Well. Th- why no, isn't no, she no, living no, no, on no, the no, dune no, no. sea? You, 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 
<laughs> you didn't say that. I'm just saying I'm glad we didn't find her in, in the, the stereotypical... Oh, I got you. Uh, Thanks. <clears throat> yeah. Why didn't they find... It? Well, like, everybody's always in some damn arid desert. <laughs> like, like we're going to insult people who live in a rainforest if we start showing people living in sketchy rainforests. Like, come on, kickboxer took place in rain in a rainforest, yeah. and that was a, you know, it's Thailand. Just is she still drinking? We can wine? do these things. Now, okay, uh, this I'm sorry. All right, she, I'm sorry. As she, a, is she sober? I'm getting up? tired of everyone having a holographic, uh, uh, like Tony Stark interface with their computer. Not me. I just can't wait to get one myself. Yeah. Well, she's so irritated about free cloud. No, I, I dig it. Like, we've got the hot shot here. He's taking shots, but he's reading instead of, like, just, you know, watching TV or reading a hustler or something like that. He's reading legit yeah. literature. He could have been reading off of a pad. But no, he's got paper. Yep. Is that the same dude? dude? I, I'm not going to say I have. I've totally stooped to that. In my, in my, my book rewrite right now. I got a character who's who's like, yeah, I've seen books before. I'm just surprised you've got some, you know. Okay, so my eyes aren't that good. Is that the same dude? It's just a yeah, it's just a holographic recreation. I wonder why he's not all cleaned up. Like he should be shaved and his hair combed and coiffed and some a little bit more. Product. Oh, you know why? Wait, are you talking about the hologram or are you talking about the captain? I'm talking about the hologram. He, if he should be a more cleaned up version of him, represent some a little bit more. He is cleaned up. He's, what's he's with the Irish accent. He's <clears throat> Think okay. This, I hope that this hologram is a lot like Lila from Spider-Man 2099, a real oh, holographic assistant. You know? Oh, yeah, that would, that's great. That would be great, but why the Irish accent? It's it you you made it look like yourself. A little bit of product. Well, the actor is uh, not American, so I think the opportunity for him to play a dual role opposite himself was like hell yeah. And then can we give him an accent? Because no, I don't. People love that stuff. Choice. It just works. I, I don't mean the actor's choice. What's the reasoning behind? Even if it was his his idea, why make him Irish or Scottish? Well, the other guy has an American accent. Why not both? I'd love for the Scottish actor not to be the guy know. that's you know not pushing for things to uh, you know not push too far, but like legit badass. Yeah. Every time I see little music notes in the subtitles for deaf people, I'm like, why would you even t- why would you even taunt them like that? <laughs> like, it's some- yeah, it's interesting because you know, yeah, I mean. It's like I've it's like I've tried to explain to some people and they just don't seem to understand it. There are five elements that come together to dictate how you're supposed to feel about what you're watching as the viewer. One of those is the musical composition. If you think that the music doesn't influence you when you're watching a show, you're full of shit. Uh and uh I mean, come on. I mean, like, if I wake up and I listen to Faith No More, I am galvanized the whole day. Agreed. But And then if I get up and listen to some damn sad song that reminds me of something, then it's 
it's messed everything up. Like, I'll probably end up listening to that kind of music all day, too. It's just... They should do something yeah. like like they did in It's All Gone Pete Tong when he goes deaf and he's trying to hear music again and he's going off vibrations. If they like little like wrist things that would vibrate at a peaceful peaceful frequency and then get crazy. Oh yeah. Okay, here we go. The tarot cards. Soshi. But he's not rumbling. How the hell would he know that? Well, I gotta say, I, I think that if you're on a board cube. Mike, we don't have a backstory on Hugh other than the two episodes we've seen him in, technically three, and then references from other series. Yeah, but you need a baddie, and and you need someone that's going to break your heart, and I think it's going to be him. We don't know. I think what I think what we're seeing here with Hugh, my my supposition or my suspicion with the Romulan Borg, Romulans and the Borg are that this is a Romulan or this is a Borg cube that. Penetrated Romulan space, and they somehow managed to defeat it. And then having Hugh and Seven of Nine later, and anybody else for that matter, involved with the cube is we have to do a joint task force. We haven't seen any Klingons yet, you know. Ooh, it's actually a pretty awesome moment, you know. Yeah, this fight scene is awesome. They're accentuating how badass these guys are, not to mention the fact uh, loyal to Picard, not to mention also reminding you of how frail he is now. And that we've it's one of those uh, right place, right time things where the right people are showing up uh, the right way. He's not forcing anything. You know when you force something, you, it'll, it always goes wrong, but he's finding the right people, and Allison Pill just magically walks in after blasting someone in the back. And yeah, that's true. The, fa- the fact that these uh, Romulans have like the equivalent of a, a, a cyanide pill in their teeth that also lets them spit out acid in one last desperate attempt to, as an fu, I love it. Because if they had it, he would have been spitting at them. Like when they get him in the chair in a minute, he would have been spitting at it, spitting at them uh, right off the bat, or or spitting at his bindings. Uh, it's got to be part of that Romulan cyanide tooth. <laughs> Hail Hydra. It's just weird. We've never seen that before. The the uh, the uh, the poison or the cyanide. I'm really hoping hoping that it is a way to get that. To get, I really, I'm really hoping that it is like they burst an acid pill that's going to kill them. But they're like, yeah, I can spit with my last dying breath. You know. I really, really love her reaction to this moment. Both of them. That was great. She's such a great actress. I actually we watched uh, Scott Pilgrim and Goon on Saturday, uh, oh, just because really? she was in them. God, I love her. Yeah, she is amazing. Did you see her on uh, HBO's The Newsroom? No, neither did I. Apparently, it's one. Of, it's one of the most appropriately rated shows that a lot of people just haven't seen. I, I swear this cyanide tooth that he's going to do, that I, I'm, that's the best way I can say it. If, if, if he 
was really part of something good. Not good, I mean like a, like a good, like, uh, you know, covert ops team. He'd have waited for Picard to stand in front of him and then spit all that shit in his face and then escape and then kill the rest of these guys. Because without Picard, if he had, was able to spit that shit out, he'd have done it the second he had the chance and take out the one main element of why everything's going yeah. on. Is him, is him trying to hunt things down. Well, it gives the, the opportunity to have, like, hey, okay, like, let everybody else get killed. You're the one who's going to survive. And oh, I love this. What is she? Is she hitting him with hitting him with the cat sprayer? <laughs> Romulan wake-up spray. <laughs> <laughs> a little sprunt for you. Uh, no, it's a, I'm sure that's like a plant sprayer. That's just freaking yeah, totally cute. Totally like the cat. This 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 whole sequence has a lot of just delicious little moments. But at the same time, it's juxtaposed with her assembling the cards as how they're supposed to fall, and the, and we're watching yeah. it happen as it's as as she's unfolding it. Or I, like the the arrangement is interesting to me. Like you're making, you have to like from what I'm understanding, you have to lay the cards out as after you've shuffled them. And like a hexagonal type thing, and the last one is going to be like the the main element. Like in the in the Alistair Crowley Thoth deck, um, the the main first card is the the one thing on your mind, the one thing that is controlling everything. And look how it's missing. She's making a big hexagram, yeah. and and it's like it's doing it backwards. In, in the the Crowley deck, you build around it. Um, the three cards to the upper right. Or like the the first three cards, the main card, two two outside of it, are the the main querence query, and then to the right, mm. in the upper the, these three cards represent where you're gonna go if um if you keep going where you're going. To the left, the next three cards upwards are where you'd go if you deviate from that path. If those three car- those two sets of three. Uh, conflict with each other. The next three under to the bottom left are your karma. No, no. I got it. I haven't done that that arrangement in a while. It's um. God, the, I can't remember what that next three, but the one the bottom three to the right are your karma. It's something you can't avoid. I feel like they like cast a like soy based imitation Sigourney Weaver in this. <laughs> soy based. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not so sure. Sigourney Weaver is an interesting and odd-looking lady who sometimes comes off absolutely stunning, and other times just like, man, I would not want to encounter her. Like, oh, God, what was that? She played the Wicked Witch in Snow White or something like that with all black eyes sometimes. Horrifying. She looks. This gal looks like Robin Curtis to me. I don't know who this actress is that's portraying the Romulan former Borg, but she makes me think of Robin Curtis, who played this. This is this Savick. is all. I'm sorry. This is all mad scientist shit. This is just like in Hellraiser two, when Doctor Chenard knows that there's something else out there, and he's having them all play with these puzzles to try which one is going to figure out how to open Lemaitre's configuration to open the portal to hell. And he's got all these people in the right place, and they're all fucking with the with with puzzles. And 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 there's there's something to that. There's mis- it's mystical. He has them there for a reason. He uh, I don't trust him no more. Yeah. 
And that guy reminds me of another guy that was... Uh, he looks like another henchman in something I can't place. I think it's fascinating to have a heavy set bald Romulan with a beard because it looks very much like the ones that we saw on Nero's mining rig in 2009 Star Trek from J.J. Abrams. Agreed. Seb Chenib. That's got to be some sort of like... Look, look, yeah, I told you. He he bit it, and then he spit, and then dead. It's either that or Thanos snapped. (laughs) Okay, and boy here... Maybe it's not mythology. Maybe it's prophecy. I, I, I can't differentiate the two. But that's because I, my structure of belief is a little bit askew from yours, but that's just something I'm used to. I wouldn't have noticed it unless you hadn't pointed it out. Those are some monster props right there. That's a time-consuming graphical thing. Mm-hmm. It takes a whole lot of time and a whole lot of uh, approvals and stuff like that to get that kind of thing built. And then right here... We have her figuring out that her entire past memory is all bullshit because she's she's asking about a sister she didn't even know. I'm thinking that this happened probably weeks before what's happening on Earth happened because remember in episode two. Oh, that's interesting. Episode uh, episode one or two, she finds out that there was all these communications from in space from someone claiming to be your sister. It had to have been. This is this has to have been happening. But then again. Uh, then at the end of this, when the, his sister, who he's kissing, shows up, I'm like, yeah, we're working on it. So I'm a little confused. If, if, how should she have been communicating with a sister that she didn't know exist or try to communicate with her if she didn't know she existed in the first place until right now and just now tested her, her mother about the existence of a sister she didn't even know it happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that's a fascinating idea. I hadn't I hadn't read into it like that myself. Because they said you've been getting communication from someone. She was getting communication from someone claiming to be sister or something like that along the, along the same lines, but she just figured it out that she might have had a sister. Or or I'm just looking too much into it, and she does know she has a sister and doesn't know she's in peril. Which would mean that the the one that was destroyed in the first episode had her memory erased that she didn't know she had a sister. And this one does remember she had a sister, so yeah. Maybe I just found a plot hole and we didn't know it. It seems very... It it seems very uh, parent trap, almost. Disney's a parent trap, if you guys know that story. Haley Mills mm. or the Lisa Lo- or the Lisa Lohan. The Lindsay Lohan version. I thought you were gonna say Lisa Loeb. The Lisa Lo- oh man. Yeah. Two Lisa Loebs sounds pretty awesome. This guy's such a sleaze bag. No, baby, don't worry about it. Let me just And then I'm gonna get one yeah. of these distant halls and kiss my sister, who's obviously jealous. 
Like in uh, Californication when he gets in the car when they got to go pick up the daughter in like episode two and he gets in the car and she, his ex-wife is like, you smell like pussy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. About that. I've never had a beard. Have you? Is that difficult to wash out of a beard? <laughs> Man. This stopped being a PG-13 show. Um, well, I mean, like, I would assume I get to say the P word once. Two F-bombs and three S-words. <laughs> <laughs> and after that, it becomes... I don't I gotta know what the ratios are supposed <laughs> to be. After that, we got to put a, a parental warning on it. Really hope there's not like some eight year old kid that really loves this show and listen and, and listening to our podcast right now. I never thought about. Yeah, it that let way. us know if you've got an eight year old and we need to cool it. Let alone any other ages age ranges. No, I don't want that at all. In fact, I would want to keep up doing what we're doing, breaking these rules and making it taboo and have more uh, uh, adolescent uh, Star Trek fans tuning into us. The more they make it taboo, the more they want to download it. <laughs> All right, they'll be de- they'll be pulling it up at school. <laughs> Remember putting Napster uh, on like school computers back in the day, and just everything was crashing all the time, and the computer teacher didn't know why. No. But we all did. <laughs> we we had we had Napster at our place in college, and we had uh, cable internet. So because it was like you either had you either had a modem or you had cable, and then DSL happened. And, uh, man, it was a variety of different possible speeds back then. Here we go right here. This is, this is the fire. This is the, this is what. Yeah, no kidding. This is the fire. This is what he needed. Cause you know, he doesn't take compliments well. He never has, but he is open eyed looking at her. Cause this is what he This needs. is the performance of the episode. Everyone's hearing it. She doesn't have, she doesn't have anything on her except the clothes on her body. I would kill for a, an adventure like this. This is this is what turns into high adventure for me. Let's do it. I got nothing but the clothes on my body. We're beaming up. Yep, he's just chilling in Earth orbit. <laughs> yeah, just I guess that's cool. And Rafi's still not. Giving in because, yeah, no, no, you're not getting that yet, motherfucker. <laughs> Mm-mm. This is such a get the DD party together and go out and solve something and then pick up a guy on a mission. And yep, the guy that's like, Oh, you guys are playing DD? Yep, that's what the Romulan swordsman's gonna be here yeah, you, in the next episode. You, you read my mind. You guys are playing DD? Oh, I want to play. Cool, we'll write you in. Yeah, we'll write you in. Who are you? Uh, let me guess. Um, Ronin? You're some sort of Ronin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, I'm a, uh, actually, I'm a guy who's No, man, like I'm a masterless knight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> My lord died and blah, blah, blah. Oh, so you're Sa- Yusagi Yojimbo. Okay. <coughs> that was a shameless plug for our most recent uh, comics uploads, everybody. In case you haven't been listening, I talked about the new Yusagi Yojimbo comic. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, still, still being done by Stan Sakai. And then we're just this, this. We're waiting for it. Like I remember when I first saw this, the look in his face. Say it. Oh God, please say it. Well, say it. He said it. Oh God, he said it. It's only been in every commercial 
for this show since I don't know the middle of 2019 or whenever the first where he says came out. where he says engage. I don't remember that. Yeah. Well, I I don't watch regular ass TV unless I'm watching NASCAR. And yes, NASCAR. I watch NASCAR. I can't believe it took three episodes for us to get here. Yeah. All right. What do we got? What's happening in episode four? Episode four. I don't know. We get we get the we get the matchless Ronin. That's all I care about. Once I saw a bunch of dudes like ready to throw down that were badasses kicking some ass. I'm like those guys are obviously gonna be part of the crew. It, it, it gave me like you know chills, you know hair in the standing up type thing because it, uh, I remember when I I, I was like I want to say like three quarters into Rogue One. I'm like okay this is all right, but then when I realized when she when she made those <laughs> like okay this is okay. It's way better than anything I've seen in any of the the last you know nine. Uh, what was it? It's uh, 9, 10, no, it's a 10, 11, and 12, right? And, um, uh-huh. better than anything that, but when I realized that she was asking a bunch of Ronin to go on a suicide mission, that's when I just got on the jazz, man. Like, that's Oh, I'm it, sorry, it's not 10, 11, I'm sorry, it's 7, 8, 9. 7, 8, 9, sorry, yeah. 7, 8, 9, yeah, right. Yeah. And, when, uh, when Chirrut Imway shows up in Rogue One, see, okay, this is an issue. Let's if go we're on, sitting here talking let's about go on a Star suicide Wars, because mission. something's not going right in Star Trek, you know? But at least we can still say Star Trek is, despite Discovery, consistently appropriate compared to a lot of the complaints I've heard about and felt about Star Wars uh, dude, I don't, for a while. I don't, I, dude, I'm, Rogue One, though. I'm surprised you're reading the, the any of the rag sheets on this because I... I the only time I read rag sheets is like thinking, think, like reading about rustling and shit like that. Just because, like, there's u- <laughs> there's usually some truth, there's some smoke uh, to the fire. Um, but with this, it's like, uh, like it or not, I don't care what you think because I don't. God, man, I got attacked yesterday online for uh, being um, encouraging of um, the uh, new AEW Women's Championship, who's a transgender athlete, and. Uh, I just didn't get. I just didn't engage with them. It was like, yeah, I'm just not gonna, not gonna, not gonna bother with this. Um, I don't. I don't want to read anyone else's opinions uh, about this show other than yours. But even then, like, you know, you, you, my dad was like, "Don't be a follower." I'm not a follower, but even then, like, uh, your opinion drastically um, influences mine because I, I, I'm still pretty new to it. Even though I've been into it for a while, like we, you got me into it when we first met, like ten years ago. So I've been really, really engaged in it. Sorry, I keep using that word, um, not a pun. But at the same, <laughs> at, at, at the same time, though, your opinion matters to me. Everyone else online, uh, I mean, if we had our MFers, uh, minefielders, uh, emailing in, like, dude, Excuse me, need, folks. yeah, bless you, like, <coughs> you know. Emailing in saying, "Hey, you need to shut up about this. You talk too much about." Oh, okay, I'm, I'm, okay, you're 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 a listener. You know, I'll take you into account. But why are you reading the rag sheets on this, man? I'm not exactly sitting there reading, you know, Deadline, Hollywood Daily, which is a great site, or anything for that matter. It's just you know, you're just scrolling through Facebook, and someone's got a comment on something or whatever. Oh, hey, there, here's a thing about this or whatever, and then. Like, you know, yeah, my YouTube feed is full of full of uh, suggestions for shows that are like stuff that I've got or that I've done, you know? Like, I like Junk Ball Media. Uh, 
I, I think his videos are very funny and cute. I like. Uh, um, what is the guy that I was just talking about a minute ago? The uh, really pissed off redheaded dude with the accent. Uh, anyway, whatever. And he, uh, the, you know, I. If somebody's going to talk about Star Trek, I'm probably going to listen, and but I've still got my own opinions, you know? I mean, I'm not I'm not sitting here dissing things that don't necessarily... If it doesn't need to be dissed, I'm not going to give it a hard time, but like... At a certain point when it's like, this doesn't even feel like Star Trek anymore, I am going to raise my voice to say so. It's just not like... This isn't Discovery, where it definitely doesn't always feel like Star Trek. Uh, you know, just sticking the Enterprise in made it feel drastically more like Star Trek. Okay. Complaining about Klingons. The Klingons don't look like Klingons necessarily. They, I know it's, you know, a lot earlier in the chronology. You know, if you're going to make make changes like that, you better find a way to explain it away. Even by the end of season two, you're trying to find a way to explain away his discovery and Michael Burnham as a character and uh, her relationship to Spock and whatever. We will never discuss this outside of the family. Okay, fine. Get it. We get it. Yep. Like that kind of stuff, and then uh, yeah, if something if something if something is obvious crap, I'm gonna have to say something about it. If something is great, I'm totally gonna talk about it. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, it's just, honestly, it's not that I'm sitting there reading every little thing, it's just, it's, hey, this came up, and it's talking about the card, and I've got a spare seven minutes while I'm having coffee before I have to hop in the shower or whatever, or I'm making breakfast or something to that effect lately, because I'm back at work again. So. Not that you're out of work, you're just, uh, you're a props master, it's, it comes and goes. Well, did you enjoy the show? Um, yes, and simultaneously, I think this is the weakest entry. I can, I can, I can see. I knew you were going to say that, and I already had a rebuttal like ready. Uh, this is what they sh- episodes one, two, and three. This all should have been in one giant movie. You, 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 you wanted that for one and two, but it's, this is where the movie should have ended. Because this was all exposition. This is where, if you watch it all in one lump sum, if you binged it, that you'd be psyched as hell for the next, uh, when it, when it was like 11 or 12. Uh, regardless, uh, this is what should have hooked you. Uh, this was the first episode, or uh, first issue if you're writing a comic. And. Really? I didn't realize it was that long. Before he became captain of the Enterprise. Right, right. I didn't realize it was 15 years. Which doesn't, you know, okay, then we're going to lump in the possibility if we're thinking it's canon that he was admiral of 
<laughs> like some prissy French. Yes, I'm dissing the comic, the uh, tie-in comic books, guys. But um, diss it, destroy it. There is a novel. There is a novel that just that's coming out that is uh, a tie-in to the series. And at this point, it's one of those things that I feel like, yeah, if you want to really know what happened, you're going to have to go to this beta canon source and read into it. So they're going to give you, you know, little little Snickers bite-sized bits of information to help you catch up on to what's going on now, but then, you know, they're going to put in, put out a novel and it's like really going to flesh it out based off of a total seven minutes of showtime, you know what I mean? They do. So, it happens all the time. Even the, uh, I mean, there's an Enterprise novel based around, uh, Anson Mounts, Captain Pike, and stuff like that. What were they doing for the whole year that they weren't fighting in the Klingon War during Discovery? And I mean, it's just, it's, that's it. Oh, that obviously begs to have a novel. Well, nothing begs to have a novel more than what was Captain Picard doing for all this time becoming an admiral and blah, blah, blah. Well, there you have continuity. Or there, there you have the, uh, the countdown comics, so whatever. of the bad guys standing around you know conspiring and like wringing their hands and being bad guys however in Enterprise it really works when you're talking about the Zindi Council you don't ever really see the bad guys sitting around being bad guys in Star Trek except in the feature films and in, in Enterprise and it wasn't even really a break from tradition there for some reason um, I think it was necessary to pick. I guess you saw a ton of it in Deep Space Nine. I'm really. I'm 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 almost there. I'm almost there. I'm almost a Deep Space Nine. So close. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I loved it, and that's real. I already put my opinion in, and uh, I'm I'm tired, man. I got to crash. I gotta crash. Uh, you gotta crash. You gotta crash. Um, yeah. Thanks, everybody. We really appreciate your time. Sorry we had some technical issues. We're a little wonky. Um, but we'll get an episode four up and running really quick here, and uh, we'll upload this right away. So, you guys take it easy, and we'll uh, talk to you again really soon. This, this transmission is ended. This is dangerous.